Praise the Lord. Turn with me to Mark chapter 8, verse 14. Mark chapter 8, verse 14. And while you're turning there, we're so glad to have all of our guests here today. If you're a first-time guest uh, uh, to APC, we're glad that you're here. We're honored that you would worship with us here today, and we welcome you. And at least for a little while, you're part of our church family. We're glad you're here. Would you welcome all our guests, both online and in person? Man, we love you, and we're glad you're here. Mark chapter 8, Mark chapter 8, verse 14. You know, it was funny, and I'm taking time. It's funny that I do this. I was at a restaurant the other day, and uh, actually yesterday, with Jerry and Brenda. We went to a restaurant, and we were talking to this lady behind the counter, and Brenda let the beans spill that I was her preacher. She calls me her preacher, with the preacher. And, uh, and the lady said, I, I told, you know, she started talking about how long sermons were. And I said, oh, I only preach about 30 minutes. And she said, oh, oh, that's way too long. So if you're like her today, I'm going to try, all right? I'm going to try. Because my grandpa always taught me, he said 30 minutes is good enough for a, a good sermon. And it's too long for, it's, it's long enough for a good sermon and too long for a bad one. Somebody say amen. Wisdom, amen. So I'm going to try. Mark 8 and 14. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Everybody say they forgot. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And this speaks of Jesus. He said, and he charged them saying, take heed. Pay attention. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. That's what Jesus said. Then the Bible tells us that they reasoned among themselves saying, it's because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, Why reason you because you have no bread? Perceive ye not yet? Neither don't you understand? Have you your heart yet hardened? You have eyes and you still can't see. Having ears, Hear ye not, and do you not remember? When I break the five loaves among 5,000, and, and, and how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said to him, 12. And when the seven among 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. And he said unto them, how is it that you do not understand? Today, with the help of the Lord, I want to preach to everybody in this house, it's not about the bread. It's not about the bread. I know maybe you're holding your Bibles. Go ahead, lay those down. Lay your devices down, whatever you're reading on today. Would you lift up empty hands to the Lord and signify to him, I'm going to receive from the word of the Lord today. Would you do that all over this house? Father, we thank you, Lord. Pray with me. We love you. We thank you for your word, God. It is already established in heaven. We believe, Lord God, that as the word of God is preached, uh, that it is going to explode into our hearts and our minds. And Lord, it's going to speak that exact thing that I need to hear. My ears are open to hear what you have to say to me. And I give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and let's praise him together. Come on, his word is already settled in heaven. 
Hallelujah. Forever settled. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. The Lord bless you today. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. There was a young, smart aleck teenager. Anybody know one of those? Don't raise your hand. It's a young, smart aleck teenager that was driving down in a car that was under his dad's name and using his dad's gas. And he was driving like a lot of teenage, smart aleck boys drive. Can I get a witness? Weaving in and out of traffic, cutting people off. Well, he cut the wrong guy off. Has anybody ever cut the wrong guy off? He cut the wrong guy off. It was a trucker, and this trucker had a bad temper and was prone to road rage. And so he followed this young man down the road when he got off. And unbeknownst to him, the truck pulls up behind the young man, and truck driver gets out, watch this, with a baseball bat. Young man probably should be scared, but he's not. He's smiling. He's smirking. So the truck driver walks over to him, and he draws a circle around this young man as he's standing there. He got out of the car. He was standing there, and he said, Son, I would not advise you to step outside of that circle. And then he commences to go over to the young man's car, or I should say his dad's car, and he takes that bat and swings with one mighty swing, bashes out a headlamp. And he turns around, and the boy's just smiling, just smiling. Well, this just makes him matter. So he turns, and he goes back to the car, and he hits out the other headlamp. And he turns around, and now the boy's smiling big, almost laughing. This puts him over the top. Every bout of anger that was in him, it now rises to its peak. The boiling point has been met. And he, com- he, he goes and he turns the front of that car into a golf ball, just bashes it, destroys the whole front of that car. And when he turns around, that young man is laughing right out loud. At this point, he's beyond mad. He's confused. He's confused. And he looks at the young man and he said, what in the world are you laughing about? And that young man looks at him and says, dude, while you were doing all that, I got out of the circle five times. You see, there's just some folks that don't get it. Have you ever met anybody where things just kind of went over their head? What that phrase means, and it means it's beyond somebody's ability to understand what maybe commonly should, they should be aware of. They are, they are candidly and sometimes even tragically unaware of their surroundings around them. Now, we could sit here and we could chuckle today and we can laugh about this inexperienced, unaware, uninvested teenager. But the truth is, the truth is we are all given to being consumed by the details of life. So consumed even to the point where we become unaware of the overall backdrop that is around us. Let me tell you, it is a ploy of Satan, our enemy, to dumb down Jesus. It is his effort, especially in these last days, to make Jesus something less than what he really is. Jesus is God. Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. All of the fullness dwelleth in him bodily. Amen. But this world, and it is a ploy of Satan, is to, is to dumb him down to where Jesus is only your grocery getter. He's only your money maker. 
Jesus is your friend fixer. He's your trouble tamer. He's your blessing bestower. And that's what Jesus does. And aren't you thankful that's what he does? Is anybody thankful? Has Jesus ever did any of that for anybody in this house? I, I'm not trying to tell you it's wrong. That's part of God's nature. He's a blessing God. But I do want to preach to you today and tell you that there is something higher and there is something greater and more important going on than what we just see around us in the natural realm. If you're not careful, you can look at life and say it's defined by everything that I just see and experience around me. I'm going to tell you, yes, there is more to that. And as part of that more, yes, there is an adversary. The Bible calls him the devil. Peter warns us. He says, be sober. Be vigilant. Keep your eyes open because when you're a believer, you're adversary. You've got, a, you've got an enemy. You've got an adversary. The devil, he's like a roaring lion and he's walking about. He's not passive. He's not done up in a corner somewhere, but he's going anywhere and everywhere in every circumstance and every situation, walking about with one motive and one agenda, to seek and see who he can devour. Paul would tell us that there's principalities and spiritual wickedness that is evident in this world. He said, it's not flesh and blood that's the problem. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of, dark, of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. But that same Bible that says those things also promises us in Psalms 34 that the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. The Bible says, in 2 Chronicles 16 and 9 for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Why? So he can show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward them. Slip on over to the New Testament Paul says, for we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God who are called according to his purpose. I'm rising to preach to this great congregation today and tell you there's more going on than just the mundane details of your life. There is a spiritual realm that is happening day in and day out. And when you open your eyes to it, it's then that the possibilities of the kingdom of God Get open to you also. Despite an enemy who would try to, try to divert you, there is a captain of your salvation. According to the Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, there's an author of your deliverance, an author of your health, an author of your safety, and an author of your rescue. Somebody say, there's something else going on. Look at your neighbor right now and say, there's something higher going on. You may think it's just what you're walking through and your circumstances and the details of how you're living, but there's something else going on. Now, our story in our text today, it starts with forgetting. Is there anybody that's ever forgot anything? Did you forget something this morning? The, the, the Bible says, now, the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Here's what I figured out. They, they, they forgot. I figured out this gets worse with age. Anybody with me? I used to have a mind like a steel trap. I don't know. It's just, it's just steel wool at this point. 
I used to be able to remember everything. I, I get frustrated with the things that I forget that comes in conflict with the things that I want to remember. I, I wish there's some things I want to forget. I want to forget, Brother Allen, where are you at? I want to forget my golf score yesterday, all right? But then there's other things I, I want to remember. I, there's times I can't even remember the three things my wife sent me to the store for. And it doesn't matter because I forgot my phone with all methods full of payment. And that doesn't matter either because I can't find my keys. Somebody say, I know what it's like to forget. They forgot something. They were in the middle of an administrative failure. And the Bible says in the middle where they're sitting there going, we, we forgot bread, we forgot bread, that Jesus Jesus starts to try to teach them something. Everybody say, Jesus was trying to talk to them. He was trying to talk to them and teach them something. And he said, beware. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now, you got to understand, not all of us are bakers here, but they understood what he meant. Well, they should have understood. What he was trying to say is leaven, we would call that today yeast. It's what makes bread rise. And those of you that bake bread, you know, it's, it's in proportion to the other ingredients. There's just a little bit of that that's in the bread. Somebody say a little bit. Just a little bit of yeast makes bread rise. And so Jesus was trying to teach them with a natural uh, example, a spiritual parallel. And he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Here's what he's trying to say. He was trying to say, beware of people that try to add to truth. Beware of people that try to make falsehood out of truth. And it doesn't take a, a lot. It's just a little bit, and he's trying to show this to them. But everybody say, they don't get it. The Bible says they reason in the midst of this great teaching that Jesus is trying to share with them. They say, they reason among themselves, it's because we have no bread. It's because we have, can you hear? Now that word reason means dispute. They were fighting. They were fussing with each other. They're talking to each other underneath each other's breath. I told you, the one thing, you had one job, one job. Here we are. We are, we are taking, this is the Messiah. We are taking the Messiah. We are ministering. This is the kingdom of God, and we can't even feed him. So forgot the bread. They're pointing at each other. The Bible says they're reasoning amongst each other. And in the middle of that, Jesus said, why are you concerned about the bread. It's not about the bread. Why can't you perceive or understand? Why is your heart still hardened? If you allow me to paraphrase a little bit, Jesus said, you've been around long enough to figure out that I'm trying to talk to you on a higher plane and a higher level, and you are consumed and taken with the details a bread. This was particularly frustrating, I'm sure, to Jesus because he had just done a great miracle with what? Bread. Why do you think it's a bread? And here's what he says about them. He says, you have eyes, but you can't see. You have ears, but you can't hear. And you do not remember having eyes and seeing not, ears that hear not, and you cannot remember. Jesus told them, you're not seeing what really needs to be seen when it comes to the things that's going on right now. You're not hearing what you really need to hear when it comes to what's going on in your life right now. You're not taking to heart and remembering what really needs to 
stick in your life. It's not about the bread. Jesus was telling him, there is a bigger picture. This is not about your condition. This is about your conclusion. Details, yes, they are important, but they are not the story. The goal is not to have God. Paint a picture around the details that you see in your life. The goal is to line up the details of your life with the tapestry that God is trying to paint for you. So here's what I'm trying to preach today, that God is operating at a more extensive level in your life than just your basic needs. It's more than the troubles that you're walking through. It's more than the circumstances that you're navigating through. There's something higher going on. And when you finally come to the realization, I got to hear what God's really trying to say. I got to see what God's really trying to do. And I've got to remember and take to heart what God really wants me to take from it. Man. Now, here's the first thing I can figure out from all this that Jesus wanted to know. Or Jesus wanted them to know and wants us to know. God has plenty of bread. Amen? Jesus looked at me and said, when I broke five loaves... We look at them now and we say, these poor pitiful disciples. But Jesus walked them through it, Brother Paul. He said, when I broke five loaves among 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? Can you hear them? They're sheepish. They're sheepish. And, and they're embarrassed and they're ashamed. And they said 12. And when I did it again, when I did it again, and I fed 4,000, how many baskets, not somebody else, how many baskets did you take up? They said seven. Listen, Listen, here's what Jesus taught them. When you're consumed with the details, when you fail to see the bigger picture, when you don't realize you're walking with Jesus, then 19 baskets full of overflow can't even talk to you. 19 baskets full of blessings don't mean anything to you. Now, I'm just telling you, there's some people that applies to here today. I'm telling you that it doesn't matter what you need. God's got plenty of bread. You can't be consumed with the details of your life. There's a bigger picture. When it's all about the bread, you forget about the overflow. When it's all about the details and you're consumed with them, you forget about the testimonies of his greatness. You fail to see his blessings. But I still feel like I want to stand with the psalmist. You ought to taste and see how good God is. Look at somebody and say, it is not about the bread. He's got plenty of bread. He's got plenty of bread when it comes, not about the bread when it comes to your well-being. It's not about the bread when it comes to your job. It's not about the mundane details when it comes to your finances. I leaned over to my wife in class this morning. I said, I wish, I wish they'd stop talking and teaching all over my message today. I ought to take that as a confirmation, but it, it aggravates me. I'm just going to be honest. That's probably the Brad part, not the God part. But they read everything. I told her, I leaned over one time, I said, they read one more scripture. <laughs> Jesus said, he told us. Everybody say, Jesus said this. Jesus said, therefore I say to you, take no thought, listen to what he said, for your life. He, he talked deeper than just your, your job and your family and your finances and your problems and your struggles. He said, don't take, don't worry, take any thought about your entire life. Don't worry about what you eat, don't worry about your drink, don't yet for your body. 
or what you should put on. Because this life, it's more than the bread. It's more than the meat. It's more than clothes for your body. And then he gives us all these, na- these examples from nature. He says, you look at the birds. You, lo- you look at the flowers. And they don't worry. They're not out there stressing because I take care of them. And how much more important is my bride than all of nature combined itself? They said, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or how shall we be clothed? He said, because the Gentiles, that's what they worry about. But your heavenly father, he knows what you need before you ever ask. So here's what you got to do. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I'm worried about my job. I need better pay. I need a better position. I hate the process. There's a terrible, listen, I, there's, there's been times in my life, can I just testify you from my experience? I've turned down jobs, woefully, walking away with almost tears in my eyes. Turned down jobs. Not because the money wasn't good, the money was good. Not because the experience would have been better, the experience on the job would have been better. But here's what, I've turned down jobs that I knew would impact me spiritually to a detriment. You wanna know why? Because it's not all about the bread, folks. It's not about the bread that you bring in. It's not about the bread and the details of your life. I know this, the kingdom of God is the most important thing in any believer's life and when you seek the kingdom God says I'll add these things now here's what I believe that when I seek his kingdom I get God things instead of other things let me say that again when I seek the kingdom of God I get God things instead of other things it's not to say I don't have the same life experience. I was, this is the one I was guarding. I was looking at Bruce and said, don't read it, don't read it, don't read it, don't read it. Here's what Paul said. Here's what you do with all that other stuff. He said, yeah, I'm troubled. I'm troubled on every side, but I'm not distressed. I, I've been perplexed, don't understand everything, but I'm not in despair. I persecuted, you betcha, but I'm not forsaken. Cast down, but I'm not destroyed. Why? Because Paul said, I know in all these things, I bear about in my body, my life, the dying of the Lord Jesus. For what purpose, Paul? Why would those things bring purpose to your life? Listen, that the life also of Jesus would be made manifest and shown in my body, that the life of Jesus would show up in the life of bread. I'm just telling you, you've got to rise above the mundane and realize your circumstances are temporary. But I'm telling you, eternity is forever. If I say God thinks, it's not about the bread with most of your problems and challenges. You've got to start thinking deeper. You gotta understand that problems and challenges we face, let's, let's face it, most of those we came up with. Is, is that conviction or are you questioning it? I so said, most of the problems and challenges we have in our life, most, we made them. We said it, we did it, we didn't do it, we didn't say it. Problems, well, okay. Y'all, I can tell I've hit a stump. Most of my problems, 
in my life have been due to bad decisions that I have made. Most of the problems have been in times when my motives were not as pure as they should have been. And yes, there were a few due to bad spiritual enemies trying to make an impact on my life. But I hear the words of Jesus today. You need to see with your eyes and hear with your ears and understand with your heart and remember and take to heart the things. I want to see what really needs to be seen and hear what really needs to be heard and take to heart what really needs to be remembered. I want to know that Jesus is bringing God things into my life. And you got it. That's harder than it sounds to do. That's harder than it sounds because we've all got an idea of what Jesus working in our life looks like, don't we? We've got an idea. In fact, we get it all planned out before Jesus ever starts. We give him our agenda and our checklist. Here's what you need to do, Lord. Here's who you need to save. Here's who you need to touch. Here's the order in which it should be done. Is anybody? Come on. I know you don't write it out, but you think it. We got our ideas. What would you think if God said, okay, the first step to your miracle is tearing apart what you have? Because they show up with a lunch and say, here's what we've got. Now, if it were me, I'd say, okay, Jesus, you just start multiplying it. But no, the Bible says that Jesus, he blessed it and he broke it. Everybody say broke it. Because some miracles require tearing up instead of putting together. Someone walked into that day with Jesus with plans for lunch for one. But Jesus had plans for lunch for 5,000 plus. I'm just trying to ask somebody, are you holding on to what God's trying to take away? Are you trying to put together what God is trying to tear apart? Because it's not about the bread. It's about something bigger happening. It's about a plan that's beyond sometimes our capability to understand or comprehend. Everybody say something bigger. Now, the biggest picture is not what God does in this life. Think about it. The biggest picture of Jesus was not, and there were some great moments. It was a great story. There were miracles that lined his ministry for three and a half years. But the purpose, the hour that he came for was redemption. Somebody say amen. He came to redeem. So it wasn't about the life. That was part of the journey of getting there. There was an end result. Can I tell you, there is an end result to the pursuit of Jesus in your life. That is better greater and beyond the life and the amount of breath that you're going to take on this planet. First Corinthians, Paul illustrated it this way. In 15.9, he said, in this life, if in this life only we have hope in Christ. Listen to what he said. We are of all men most miserable. If all the hope we have is for the details of this life lived on earth. He said, we're more miserable than anybody else on this planet. If all we have is bread, say bread. 
If all we have is bread, if all we have is the logistics, if all we have is the rules, if all we have is the walk, if all we have is the details, we're more miserable than anybody because we work the same life many times. But the Bible calls us to walk it with more discipline and more commitment and more struggle. That's why we should be careful with any gospel that says Jesus is just here to make your life better. Let's face it, there's a lot of things that can make life better. I've heard marijuana can make life better for a moment. I've heard, I've heard, I don't know. I've heard. I've heard. I don't know, Nathan. I can honestly say, I'm not being, I'm being transparent. I've heard that drinking alcohol to drunkenness can make you happy for a little while. Nobody wants to say amen? I need somebody that knows. <laughs> no, I won't make it. But there's some of you that know. I know you know. Because that's what you did to forget. That's what you did to get away. That's what you did to get relief. Okay, that's uncomfortable. I've heard and I know that vacation makes life wonderful for a little bit. I've heard that going and sitting on a beach and, and not worrying about anything else, come on, hallelujah, can make your life better. Let's face it, there's things that make your life better. And Paul said, if all we have is the gospel in this life, then we're of all men most miserable. But he knew the punchline. The punchline is it's not just this life where things end. There's eternal life. And Jesus is the only one that can give eternal life. And he makes this better. If all we have is bread, then we're most miserable. If all we have is this, but Moses understood this. He said, I'd rather suffer with the people of God than to enjoy sin for just a season. This is what Paul meant in 1 Corinthians 2 when he said that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but that it rather would stand in the power of God. In verse 9, he went on to say, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. He reaches back to the prophet Isaiah in chapter 64 that said, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither have seen, O God, beside thee what you have prepared for him that waits for him. I'm here to tell somebody today, God's got something prepared for you. Yes, it is prepared in this life. And it is prepared in the life to come. Remember what Jesus said? He said, behold, I go. To what? Prepare a place for you. Let me tell you, when God prepares a place... I want you to think about it for a minute. The God of all the universes that has all the resources, and he says to you, I'm preparing a place 
Now, I do believe we use this a lot of times in conjunction with heaven. But I don't think, I'm telling you, there's a higher way to think of this. This is more than just the details. I think God prepares a spiritual place for us. He's got a place. He is prepared for everybody that will obey the gospel. He's got a place. He's got a life. He's got a position. It's not about the things that you get in this world. It's about the spiritual gift of God that you get in eternity to come. He has prepared a place for you and it is better and beyond. And when he prepares a place, it doesn't matter your circumstance that you have to live in right now. When God has prepared a place, it doesn't matter what you have to walk through right now. When God prepares a place, it doesn't matter the unfortunate circumstances that you have to face. I've seen people in bad health in a good place. I've seen people in difficult circumstances in a good place. I've seen people in a dead-end job, but they were in a good place. I've seen people walk through seasons of loss in a good place. I've seen people in a holding pattern in their life in a good place. Because when God prepares a place. So my question is, what are you missing? And what preparations are missing? Because of your plans because of your inability to look above and beyond the immediate circumstances around you. Because here's what Pastor Nave would kindly suggest to you today. It's not about the bread. God, verse 10, Paul said, God has revealed them unto us. He's revealed them. What was he talking about? He, he's talking about the place that has been prepared. What, it's a place revealed to them, to us, by his spirit. And then he goes on to explain. He said, because the spirit, the Holy Ghost, everybody say the Holy Ghost. The spirit searcheth all things. My, my eyes just look at what I can see. But the spirit searches all all things. My, my circumstance, my, my intellect, it only perviews the things that my senses can pick up. But the Spirit searches all things. Yes, even the deep things of God. So here's what I'm preaching today. Very simply, we got to start seeing what really needs to be seen. We got to start hearing what really needs to be heard. And we must take the heart what really Needs to stick. I want you to stand with me here this morning. The Bible said that when Jesus knew that they were disputing, when he knew that they were fussing, when he knew that they were caught in a churn about something that did not matter, he said, why do you fight? Because you have no bread? Don't you perceive? Can't you see it? Don't you realize? Can't you understand it? Is your heart still so hard? That you cannot look beyond what is directly in front of your eyes. It's not about this bread. I'm trying to teach and speak to you of deeper things. Can I suggest to you humbly today that no matter what you are consumed with, no matter what details you may be embroiled in, please, if you're going to follow Jesus, Learn this. There's a much bigger picture being painted 
than the temporary circumstances that you're walking through. That the end result of all of this is eternity. Paul was careful. The New Testament writers, they were careful to keep eternity in front of us. He said, behold, I show you a mystery in 1 Corinthians 15. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Why? Because this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruptible shall be put on incorruption, and the mortal shall put on immortality, it shall be brought to pass the saying that was written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, he said, he taunts it. Where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Paul said, it's not just about the bread. It's not about the amount of breath that you breathe on this planet. Life goes on afterwards. And the only way it goes on with success is with Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord, as your Redeemer. There is something bigger at stake. It's not about the bread. It's about eternity. I wonder if somebody just needs their sight readjusted. I wonder if somebody just needs to check what they're really hearing and what's really important. Let me tell you, an altar is a great place to do that. And I want to invite you to join me here. Come on, if you just need to remind yourself, go ahead, bring all your bread questions. Bring all your details. That's it. Come on, some are coming. Bring all the details that you're consumed with and say, Lord, I want to give all this stuff to you because there's a bigger picture. I don't even understand. Maybe you got your face in things in your life. You don't understand why they're happening. Go ahead, bring it. God's not intimidated by questions you can't answer. He's got a bigger picture that he's trying to draw in your life. This is not about you trying to make sense out of details. It's trying to direct your details toward the picture that God's trying to paint for your life. Come on, would you do that right now? Would you do that right now? Just begin to pray. Begin to pray in your own way today. If you don't want to come forward, that's all right. Right there in your seat, just begin to pray and ask the Lord. God, what do you want me to hear? What do you want me to see? Come on, pray that. That's a simple prayer, right? Come on, that's that's not hard to pray. What is it that you want me to see today, God? What is it that you want me to hear today, Lord? What do I need to remember? And what do I need to allow stick in my life? Come on, if you'll pray that, I believe the Lord will answer you. I believe the Lord will minister to you right now by His Spirit in this house right now. The Holy Ghost is here. God wants to minister. Come on, as you pray, there's going to be an impartation of His Spirit to speak to your life right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray as we worship together. Can we do it? Lift your hands. Pray with somebody if you want to. I want to line up with the big picture, Lord. It's not about these details that I'm fussing and stressing about. There's something bigger going on, Lord Jesus. I don't want to get wrapped up and forget all the resources that you've already brought into my life. Come on, that's it. Pray, pray, pray. Talk to the Lord.